0: Well, hello, everyone. My name is J.B. Hickson with NBW Ministries, proclaiming the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message from my studio beneath the sky nestled in the tall timbers of Colorado. Thank you for joining us today. It is Monday, June nineteenth, 2023. And I've got a, a dear friend and colleague that I'm going to be introducing in just a moment as our guest for today. And we're going to be talking about powers, signs, and lying wonders. And if you've read my Spirit of the Antichrist books, you know that's a big part of the setting of the stage for the establishment of the Antichrist as the satanic world leader that will kind of rise to the helm after the rapture and, and rule the world as a tyrant for uh, seven years, just prior to the return of Christ. And so I'll introduce uh, our guest here in just a moment. I want to mention a couple of quick announcements, though. Uh, beginning a new week, I hope you had a great weekend. I hope all the fathers had a wonderful a Father's Day. As I mentioned on Friday's podcast, we've been uh, really had a rough week this last week. We've been digging out of uh, floods here. Uh, our basement actually flooded twice. Uh, we have had so much rain. My uh, wife sent me a, a link from one of the uh, uh, local news stations that mentioned that it's been the worst flooding in this area of Colorado since uh, the second worst actually since 1876 since they started taking wreckers. We've just been uh, deluged with water, and so pray, continue to pray for us. We're digging out all that comes with that, taking uh, stuff to the trash. We've hauled, we've ripped out all the carpet and uh, pads and, and things like that, but still much work to be done to uh, remedy the problem on the outside with some, some excavating work and make sure that We can uh, secure the property from future uh, flooding. But uh, anyway, God's grace is sufficient. We're uh, doing well, but uh, looking forward to a great week. And we've got several uh, podcasts. Of course, uh, tomorrow night we'll have Prophecy Night. You can check us out in person at Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia, Colorado at 6 o'clock tomorrow night. or you can uh, watch by live stream, again, at notbyworks.org. Uh, Wednesday is our weekly world events update with Randy. Thursday, I've got my technology expert, Shane, back on for an update. And uh, nothing Friday yet. Uh, we may just take Friday off. I don't know. It depends uh how things go this week. But really excited to kick the week off uh, with uh, my good friend, and colleague Lucas Doremus. And I want to read a passage of Scripture that will be very familiar to many of you if you've been uh, following Not By Works Ministries for the last couple of years because I go to this passage often. In fact, last week we had Mondo Gonzalez on from Prophecy Watchers, and 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 3 was our focal passage for that podcast as we talked about the meaning of apostasia. But today I want to start with 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 9 and 10. And this is a key verse. In fact, it's on the back of my guest's uh, book that we're going to be talking about here in a moment. But uh, Paul tells us, the coming of the lawless one, that's the Antichrist, is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. So, Powers, signs, and lying wonders. Boy, we sure see a lot going on in the heavenly realm an upsurge in UFO sightings, UAPs, as they now call them, all kinds of anomalies, cryptids, you name it. And uh, that is right up my alley, as we've talked about in volume two of Spirit of the Antichrist. But my friend Lucas Doremus is with us today. You may be familiar with him if you follow the Christian Underground News Network. As you know, I've been have had the privilege of being on that program once or twice a month now for several years, and uh, that's a Curtis Chamberlain's uh, group, Christian Underground News Network. You can go to whatsaysthescripture.com to learn more about Christian Underground News Network, but Lucas is also a standing guest and kind of partners with that ministry. Uh, so Lucas, so glad that you've been willing to take the time today to, to join me for the podcast. Welcome to the program.
1: Thanks, JV. It's great to be here.
0: So your book, you've written several books. I know you've got one on Proverbs, one on Job that's outstanding. Proverbs is outstanding, too. But this one really catches my eye. By the way, who does your cover art? Is that Sarah?
1: So my wife does it. Yes, yeah,
0: she is very, very gifted. Uh, we recently hired my daughter, Brooke, who's uh, also a, a graphic artist, and uh, it's been such a blessing because I've seen a marked improvement in all of my PowerPoint <laughs> slides since she took over uh, creating those. But anyway, yeah, tell give Sarah my compliments. But the name of the book is Deceiving by Signs, A Study of Power, Signs, and Lying Wonders in the Bible and it is uh, just it it reads so well you're such a great communicator it's just like having sitting down and having a conversation with you at, at one of the old coffee shops that we used to sometimes uh Frequent when we worked together, Lucas and I worked together at a church in Illinois a few years ago. Uh, but tell us about the book. How did you come by this topic, and and kind of give us some background?
1: Yeah, so this book started. Um, I've been interested in this sort of topic for a long time now. Actually, one of the things that really didn't get us saved, but made us disciples, was getting away from the uh, the paranormal uh, in entertainment, whether it was you know movies, shows, that sort of thing, and. And uh, we had a guy who's actually, you know, I know, JB, you've been on with Jan Markell, uh, Eric Barger, who's also is on that show. He was he was the guy that really made me and my wife see that, uh, you know, the spiritual uh, uh, themes that are in entertainment, we really need to watch out as Christians. And so I've been on that for a long time. And I was going to do a podcast on that topic, on the occult and paranormal and those sorts of supernatural, those sorts of things. And so I decided about a year, year and a half ago, I would forget everything I knew about it and just go back to the Bible and study it and really learned a whole lot about it. So Deceiving by Signs, it's really a book that just goes through the Bible, talks about who Satan and his cohorts in the spiritual realm are the unclean spirits and then what their powers are and it does an in-depth study of every time it mentions one of the powers and what they do and then applies it to what we see today mm. you know i i can't sit here and try to e- e- or uh, expect myself to explain every single paranormal experience but i've got a framework And that's what we want to provide as a framework to interpret all those events through.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the Bible is the only standard for our beliefs, attitudes, and practices. And so we run everything we see through the grid of Scripture. You know, the Bible is, is, doesn't, we can't always cite chapter and verse to give us an explicit you know, explanation of everything, but we can certainly rule some things out based on Mm -hmm. popular, um, you know, things that violate Scripture. Uh, But yeah, I love the way. Uh, you kind of take the same approach that we did in the two-volume Spirit of the Antichrist set, which is to explain uh, kind of Satan and his origins. Then you get into Satan's power, and then you get into demons, demonic power. And then, as you said, applying it to modern uh, manifestations of this with you know everything from aliens and extraterrestrial life, cryptozoology, entertainment industry, transhumanism, remote viewing. You know, I've I've talked about remote viewing a lot here recently. In fact, just last uh, Tuesday and and the previous Tuesday, I think we touched on remote viewing at Prophecy Night. Uh, a lot of the New Age type stuff, um, and yeah. then of course Satan worship, which is on the rise. So, and each chapter. Is, is fairly short. It's just kind of a biblical summary. Um, you know, excellent, excellent book. So uh, I'm, I'm going to say this again throughout the podcast, but I want to go ahead and mention now, folks can get this book, Deceiving by Signs, by Lucas Doremus, D-O-R-E-M-U-S, at amazon.com. It's probably the best place to get it. He doesn't have an outlet or necessarily an online store. Uh, that, that you can get it from so you'll have to share part of the profits with Jeff Bezos but at least uh, if you have Prime you'll get it quickly so uh, Deceiving <laughs> by Signs is the name of the book so as you went through this research um, did did you find anything new that you had not already kind of had worked into your
1: paradigm uh, I found there were some interesting stories I'd never heard of one of them is going to be the first one we go through And just more in the detail of this is really what they can do. And it really, one of the ones that hit me, which we're not going to touch on this today, but, you know, in Job where Satan shows up, Mm -hmm. it really hit me that the first chapter where he, you know, Job loses his family and his whole flocks and all that. It hit me studying the book that Satan directly killed them with the wind. Hmm. which means Satan is capable when God allows him to actually kill people straight from there. And that was one of the ones that really hit me when I did this.
0: Well, let's talk about that. So, um, so Satan, uh, does that mean that Satan, again, we we understand God's sovereignty. We understand mm-hmm. you know that that's a subject for another day the the question of w- how God directly intervenes and sometimes he allows things to happen through other means. so we get that. but does this is that to say that that Satan and his minions can control the weather, for example? if God allows them?
1: Yes, he can because you know in job chapter one, It says, uh, this is verse 19, it says, And suddenly a great wind came across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell on the young people, and they are dead. Um, Now, I generally think, JB, I don't necessarily have things things to point to an exact verse, but a lot of these things Satan can do, I tend to think the unclean spirits can also do, if not to that degree. So, yes, I think there's that ability, certainly with Satan and probably others.
0: And so, and also, of course, I'm sure you talk about this in the book, but you you go back to Pharaoh and his uh, magicians oh, yes. could replicate a lot of the same types of signs that
1: God did, right? Yeah, and we're going to get to that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So let's, let's dive in. So we're talking with uh, Lucas Doremus, Deceiving by Signs is the name of the book, just a general overview of the biblical uh, teaching on power signs and lying wonders in the Bible. So uh, kind of you know, start, start at the beginning or wherever your notes yep. are and kind of fire away.
1: Well, the first thing I want to start with, because I don't want to wait till the end in case anybody's tuned in, but with us talking about signs, uh, there is one sign that is the greatest sign that's ever been performed. Mm. Um, and if you're out there, that sign is Jesus rising from the dead. I mean, that proved everything that Jesus said about himself and that he's capable to save us. Mm. And so I want to say, and if you're a believer out there, if you get talking about this with someone, use it as a way to share the gospel. Hey, yeah, there's these signs out there, but did you know about this one sign You know that you need to believe to go to heaven?
0: Yeah, and if you're not a believer, uh, you know, uh, Jesus' resurrection proves that he's God. He purchased life uh, with his own blood when he overcame death, hell, and the grave, and he then is the only one with the authority to give life. And so, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, everyone is born dead in their trespasses and sins. We're all separated from a holy God, and the only hope uh, for eternal life is to place our faith in Jesus Christ the son of God who died and rose again for our sins. So excellent. Yep.
1: Yep. So I just wanted to say that at the beginning, not the end is that these signs, can I just call them cheap imitations of what (laughs) God's really capable of, you know, and we're so fantasticized by them. Turn to second Chronicles chapter 18. Now this is the story that I never really knew about. Uh, This first topic is the topic of divination, uh, dream interpretation, soothsaying. Uh, could even go into curses. The Bible talks about all of those. But one of the stories that really kind of shook me and kind of gave me this view, uh, you've got King Ahab who calls on Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles 18, and they, Ahab says to go to war, and uh, Jehoshaphat, to his credit, says, please inquire for the word of the Lord. Good on Jehoshaphat, and Ahab's like, Well, basically, I don't want to because there's this one prophet that always (laughs) prophesies evil about me, so don't bother, kind of thing. And so, eventually, this the prophet Micaiah shows up and he gives him lip service because he was told, Don't say anything bad about the king by one of his servants. So, Micaiah shows up and says, Go ahead and prosper, and they shall be delivered. And the king says, And the king knows he's you know just saying that. But then Micaiah, in verse 18, he tells this story. He says, Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and all the host of heaven standing at, on his right hand and his left. And the Lord said, Who will persuade Ahab, king of Israel, to go up, that he may fall at Ramoth-Gilead? So one spoke in this manner, and another spoke in that manner. Then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. And the Lord said to him, In what way? Verse 21, so he said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of his prophets. And the Lord said, you shall persuade him and also prevail. Go out and do so. So divination has been out for a very long time. It's, it's essentially the process of calling on some sort of spiritual power to know the future, uh, maybe to cause a bad future for somebody else uh, to, to know what to do. And so We know right here from this passage, we don't know how often this happens, but we know that God has these kind of forums with the spirits up there, and uh, these lying spirits say, I'll go out and do it. And so we have the spirits, the unclean spirits, the fallen spirits, going to the people and making whatever their divination practices sound legitimate, and then giving them a lying prophecy. Hmm. Now, could those prophets be lying? of course they could always just be making something up they might be killed if they didn't do a you know a good prophecy for the king but we know that these demons are involved mm-hmm. because god's telling them to go be involved and they probably want to be again the bible doesn't give us a lot of psychology about you know demons fallen beings but you kind of would guess they would be
0: yeah and and Jesus said you know of course demons are under the prince of demons Satan himself uh whatever you take that to mean whether that means Satan is the chief demon or whether he's just a prince in charge of all the demons either way the text is a little bit ambiguous there but the yeah. bottom line is they follow their leader and Jesus said in John 8:44 that you know Satan is a liar and that everything he speaks is a lie so deception uh is is really you know kind of their mo right Mm
1: -hmm. yeah and it's interesting because you talk a lot about the political end of it how there's infighting uh with the luciferians and things like that and as you just said with satan being at the top remember this these aren't all happy wonderful righteous people that are following satan uh and i think the same thing is in the spiritual world i think there's infighting among the demons that they don't always do the same thing and have the same goals which transfers then to the human world. I think it can be the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: interesting when you think about the original fall, as we read about in Isaiah 14, um, one third, if you take that passage that way in revelation, which I do, as I explained in the book uh, of the angels fell or followed Satan in his rebellion. Um, you have to kind of wonder what was going on prior to that definitive moment of rebellion was mm-hmm. there arguing and fighting going on among the angels and some saying no don't do this and some saying yes do this and just you know you, you know you, you kind of you have to assume there probably was it wasn't just that these one-third I mean they were all angels all created by God but one-third of them somehow were were deceived and led astray and so yeah I think mm-hmm. you're exactly right Lucas there's all kinds of Uh, conflict and chaos. Uh, Satan is the god of chaos. And so uh, there's all kinds of fighting and and infighting and contradictions going on in the spirit realm as well.
1: Yeah. And when Jesus tells the story about a demon leaving a person, and then it comes back to the house, and he said more swept clean, and he says he brings back seven demons more evil than himself, So we know there's degrees of evil, if I can say it in that term. So, you know, kind of when you see it in the in the modern world, well, maybe there's some demons that are kind of talking to, say, just this, you know, fortune teller on the street that has this little, you know, the house where she calls people and does palm readings up to the Gene Dixons and the Edgar Casey's and the Ray Kurowitzes and maybe those are the more demonic ones that are mm-hmm. talking to those people. I mean, we, we don't know that level of detail, but it's certainly possible.
0: Yeah, The Anton LaVey's or the Alice Bailey's or the Helena Blavatsky's and people like that. So, mm-hmm. so, um, I know we, you know, we, we're not going to have time necessarily to go through the whole book, and then we'll just have to have you back on to talk about some of the other, uh, anecdotes and, and sort of case studies that you see in scripture. Uh, but, uh, but, but kind of continue with what you, you, you were kind of yeah. thinking as you walk through the premise of this book, Deceiving by Signs.
1: Yeah, so the next one is the idea of magic, uh, sorcery, witchcraft. And this is the one that's always hit me the strongest. And it's one of those, you know, again, when I studied this and wrote on it, it uh, it really kind of struck me how big of a deal this is. Uh, you know, magic is, you know, magic isn't what it's like in the Disney movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it does exist. Uh, it is real. Now, what I, what I also learned, because I did a lot of reading on this outside of the Bible, there is not one single view on what magic is. Mm. Uh, you will have some people write about contacting other planes of existence. You will talk about people that come in contact with spirits that then do things in those planes that affect the worlds. You will hear some witches that don't believe in spirits at all. Uh, it's a pretty wide variety uh, and so magic is a very interesting thing that's absolutely real, uh, but, but it's hard to pin down. But uh, in Exodus chapter seven, this is the Exodus. This is the biggest display of this kind of thing. And by the way, God's triumph over it mm-hmm. uh, in the Bible. And we all know this story. It's the story of when Moses and Aaron show up before Pharaoh and turn their rods into snakes. Mm-hmm. Now, Nobody doubts that Aaron threw down his rod and it turned into a snake. Of course, God's capable of that. But in uh, Exodus 7, chapter 11, it says, But Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers, so the magicians of Egypt they did in like manner with their enchantments. Mm. And, and I think, J.B., the next verse, For every man threw down his rod, and they became certain, but Aaron's rods swallowed up their rods. Mm. That obviously shows God's superiority, but it does something else. It actually validates that these were snakes, I mean, it really, it wasn't an illusion. It wasn't a trick uh, that it happened like that. And so when you think about that for a second, we take an inanimate object, a rod, whether it was wood or maybe it was a stone. I don't know what it was, probably wood. And it turned into a living thing. That magic that the demons can do of manipulating matter, that's Power. <laughs> wow.
0: Yeah. And so that gets into, and I don't. I want to. I don't want to leave this subject just yet, but it does get into yeah. shape shifting and cryptozoology and some yes. of that, stuff, which we're going to talk about in a second. But, but if, if we go back to magic, so what I hear you saying is that this realm of the, the 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 evil spirits and the dark side of this cosmic battle between God and Satan is way more complex than the alleged, you know. Black magic and white magic, or good magic and bad magic. There's no such thing as good magic, right?
1: No. Uh, Anton Lavey said all magic is black, and yeah. I would agree with him. I don't want to agree with the guy who started <laughs> the Church of Satan, but he's right. Yeah. Um, you know, magic is manipulating matter, creation, and it's always bad because it's not God's power that's doing that.
0: Yeah. Now you mentioned parlor tricks. Uh, obviously, uh, there are. Uh, illusionists, and of course, a lot of those are demonic too. We get that, but there are, you know, if I, if I'm, you know, playing go fish, and and, and all of a sudden I want to do a a little card trick that's not magic, that's not something supernatural in any way, but
1: it's it's clearly just a parlor trick. That's not what we're talking about, right? No. And when when our kids were younger, we always used the term illusion. Hmm. because we wanted to set them on the right track that we didn't want to say magician. We always said illusion, or that's Hmm. a trick, sleight of hand. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now they're a little older. They've heard us explain it. So it's a little more comfortable that we can talk about that. But yeah, we're talking about things that are actually changing the created world through something humans can't do.
0: Yeah. And Um, you know, a lot of these professional illusionists, I found this interesting in my research of the CIA and some of the stuff that they've been doing that's a part of the Luciferian agenda. Uh, There came a point where they actually sent their top level researchers to go to Hollywood and visit the top, most popular illusionists in Hollywood that were selling out crowds because they wanted to find out how they were doing a lot of the stuff that they were doing and see if that would have an application for helping keep their spies safe and and be able to kind of go without being seen. And what they found out uh, based on the book that I read was that most of the magicians that we see where let's say you've got A person that, you know, is put in, you know, the magician's assistant, he's in a, she's in a box and you slice it in half and then, and, and they're fine. And then, or you, you put them in one box and, and then something happens to that. And then they show up across stage somewhere else most of those types of tricks they're they're done through either twins they literally employ twins Mm -hmm. as their assistant or doppelgangers uh because they're not real magic they're just Mm -hmm. fakes and and you know so you see this you know pretty assistant walk from the back of the stage who you just saw moments ago get sliced in half on stage it's not the same person it's a trick right yep so so that's what uh, that's what the CIA started adopting with with higher they literally started recruiting twins to be CIA
1: agents, believe it or not. So mm-hmm. so yeah, continue. Well, and that to go on that route, every uh, every first world government, can I say it that way, has studied psyops, mm-hmm. telekinesis, pyrokinesis. They've all done that kind of thing Remote with measuring re, yeah, with measuring amounts of success. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you study some of the things coming out of China in terms of what they can what they're talking about and what they can do. yeah, it's some pretty interesting stuff and uh, and, and a lot of it's irrefutable, which actually gives more credibility to the Bible that there is something going on that we can't necessarily see touch, taste, uh, that sort of thing.
0: And as um, you said, at the end of the day, almighty god the creator of the universe is more powerful than all of it and Mm -hmm. as you know aaron's rod gobbled up these snakes god get that's you know just a metaphor that i mean it's it's literal but it's just a indication that god is more powerful so uh talk about you know what what i hear you saying is that the in the spirit realm the evil spirits can transcend matter is that what you're saying
1: yeah that's so i struggled with this for a long time because i did a lot of research what is magic what actually happens it's ultimately something in the spiritual world changing what our physical world is doing that's what happens Mm -hmm. so when you see you know disney and something's happening with magic on a disney movie that's got validity to what magic actually is uh now does it happen like that is it that fantastical no it's a movie But it is kind of an entryway, an entry drug, so to speak, to get involved in that. Now, am I saying if you watch a Disney movie, you're going to turn into a witch? Absolutely not. No, I'm not saying that in any way. But I am saying we need to pay attention to what's really possible through what the Bible says about what demons can really do and be aware of it and then interpret it in the real world.
0: Do you think that part of that is conditioning uh, so, you know, you you know my framework. We've talked about it many, many times through the years. I believe there is a Luciferian conspiracy that is intentional. It's not monolithic, but at the same time, at the behest of Satan, there's a powerful cabal that's working to usher in a one-world political, religious, and economic system that's going to be marked by the signs and lying wonders and powers that the Book of Revelation talks about. So, do you think a lot of this Disney stuff is conditioning us to, to and, and children especially to be more? accepting to, to normalize magic, I guess.
1: Uh, yeah, I'll, I, I do. Absolutely. I'll put it this way, you know, in a movie, uh, take what, and not necessarily Disney, but whatever, you know, if a person can shoot fire out of their hand, you know, you've done research that what, well, first of all, flamethrowers are real. So mm-hmm. you can have an apparatus where you can shoot fire. So that's a real thing. You've done enough research on what they're trying to do with gene manipulation mm-hmm. and the transhuman technology that might be a real thing someday that I have some glove on my arm and I really can shoot fire. And so if I've, if I've grown up with that entertainment and how cool that is, how much easier will it be for me to sign up for some experiment? Mm -hmm. And the carrot at the end of the stick is you'll be able to shoot fire out of your hand. (laughs) And I don't know if that sounds outlandish to some people. It does not to me. Uh, I have been, we used to, there was a movie and where I, we had a friend who was very into the entertainment, was not a believer. She would spend her time just laying on a floor, wishing that those worlds of the superheroes and all that were real, because that's how invested she was into it. You give her the opportunity to taste of that kind of power, she'd probably take it.
0: Oh no question. Yeah, I mean and they and they can, they're, they're coming at you from all directions, you know. The we were ha- having dinner as a family recently and we uh, had one of those uh question games where you just kind of go around the table and everyone has to answer a question just to kind of, you know, it's usually, you know, like if you could solve one problem in the world what would it be? Well, of course one of the questions was if you could be any superhero or have any superpower, what would it be? And you know, they're conditioning us that These types of things are possible. We know from the transhumanist uh, agenda, creating chimeras basically, that Mm -hmm. it is possible and will only get worse if the Lord doesn't come back soon. Uh, And so, of course, people are going to take whatever shot, you know, or injection or embedded, you know, piece of technology in this bio digital convergence if they think it will make them into some type of super powered hero.
1: Yeah. It and one of the things I try to make clear, one of my thesis of my book, so to speak, is to say that, you know, the way things started, we're going to see more and more of this activity. It gets to the point in Revelation 16, which we're definitely not going to have time to do, but demons are coming out of the Antichrist's mouth, and they're going to go out and perform signs to get those armies over to Megiddo. Mm. Now, part of that, you know, the preceding bulls. Are the sores and the darkness where (laughs) it could be so painful and so rotten to be a human at that time that the only way they're going to get there is by these signs trying to make them go i mean just in a practical way i know Mm -hmm. it's god's just judgment and all that but that is the only time in the bible at the very end where demons just openly perform signs Mm -hmm. every other time in the bible it's through some sort of human medium that you Mm -hmm. see that so we're going to see it more and more out in the open. And we're seeing that right now. You talked about it a little while ago. It's becoming more frequent.
0: So um, the UFO phenomena, uh, we believe, of course, it's dimensional. It's satanic. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's not little green men from another planet with all respect to those who may think that. But, uh, you know, we don't agree. And so you think that the fact that there's been such an upsurge and and such an openness, especially since 2017 to talking about this rather than it being a taboo subject is a sign of the
1: times. Oh, yeah. If you take this is just one example for us in America, the ancient aliens history series, mm-hmm. you know, that has got some excellent production value. And there's gosh, I don't even know how there's 10, 15 seasons, something like that. And I remember it was a very fringe theory, this whole alien thing. I'm sure you've seen on internet forums talking to people. It is not fringe anymore. I would not say it's mainstream, but it's definitely a lot more popular. Yeah. And, and you know, you follow this. The, the military is becoming more and more open about releasing footage and releasing reports of what they've done uh, recently. Not just, say, Blue Book or something like that, but even recent stuff. That yeah, I think it is a sign of the times.
0: Yeah, and they're talking about motherships hovering, you know, in the atmosphere. Um, you know, these are not just fringe people. These are like, you know, the commander of the space force, the new branch of the military, oh. saying mm-hmm. things like that. You know, yeah. um, so what else have you got in this section on modern examples that you think? Uh, we've got a few minutes left here. Uh, you know, we'll we'll have you back on for sure because you've really. Mm-hmm. Uh, piqued my interest here being an expert and in, in especially the application of some of these things. But what else would you like to cover? Well,
1: let's see. Yeah. I mean, there's the alien thing, which is all over the place. Uh, you mentioned the, the crypto stuff, which actually we can. Well, let's take that to our next uh, idea here. This is in First Samuel 28. This is the uh, medium or the witch at Endor mm-hmm. uh, where she has a familiar spirit. Now, a familiar spirit is a spirit you're familiar with. You know, it's some kind of spiritual being that you're attached to. And this is something that's common. And she's going to participate in necromancy, which is trying to contact people from the dead. And in First Samuel 28, uh, you, this woman is uh, saying, who shall I bring up for you? Talking to King Saul and he said, bring up Samuel for me. Here's verse 12. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice. Well, why did she cry out? Well, because she wasn't expecting to really see Samuel there. She was expecting her familiar spirit. She was expecting whatever she did in the seance that she was a part of, Uh, and then God made Samuel appear, which is sort of weird Uh, to allow Samuel to appear in a necromancy thing that he said not to do. Um, But, you know, in one way or another, this woman was expecting a spirit to show up in some way that she knew. And Samuel did not show up that way and it freaked her out. Mm -hmm. And so uh, to kind of go along with this, there's not, there are only two places where demons to me are really described in detail You've got the locusts that show up in Revelation, and, and that's a pretty good detailed thing of what they look like. And then in Revelation 16, those those spirits that we just spoke about a moment ago, they're described as frogs. Uh, other than that, you don't have a clear description of what demons look like. But I'll say this, angels show up as men. Always. Yeah. Now- and they always show up as men. Now they also show up as men that apparently are really scary because you know, they typically show up and say, do not fear, mm-hmm. you know, they're described as being fiery or eyes all over, you know, a couple things like that. So I just think, well, okay, if you take those brilliant descriptions of God's glory, that kind of makes you afraid of it. Could it happen the opposite way that you have demons showing up in some sort of way that's kind of grotesque? um do you know is it would it really be far-fetched to believe that a demon could show up like a a large man covered in fur
0: hmm.
1: see I don't think that's far-fetched at all so the whole sasquatch yeti everything that to me is is demonic you know if you get rid of the hoaxes um that to me is demonic
0: yeah and so what we talk about in my chapter of volume two on Bigfoot uh, my spirit of the Antichrist volume 2 uh is that you know the evidence for this existing is undeniable. There's no question. Yeah. I mean, these are from all across the globe. Uh, you know, they're called hundreds, hundreds of names, years, yeah, hundreds yeah. of years, mm-hmm. eyewitness accounts, similarities from people that transcend geography, time periods, you know, cultures, uh, and they all have a common thread. And so which is that, you know, we don't have a body and they tend to disappear in, in mm-hmm. too thin air while you're watching them. To me, that has all the earmarks of some type of demonic activity, right?
1: Yeah. And I, what really made me start kind of going down that demonic road was most Bigfoot encounters, like you said, are kind of irrefutable. Almost all of them talk about being scared. Mm-hmm. And the ones that strike me are the ones where there's really no reason to be scared as in I heard rustling in the woods and the tree kind of did this. And I had this, this great feeling of fear that would leave. Mm -hmm. Well, you're out, you're out in the woods in Colorado, there's bears and everything else. You hear something rustling in the woods. There's no reason to be really super scared of that. Yeah. So to me, it's gotta be something else. You know, you don't, even though apes uh, or gorillas weren't discovered till recent in the, you know, the Western world, You don't get this spearing of spirit of fear talking about gorillas. It's totally different,
0: right? And and the same reports happen with people that have UFO sightings. There's Uh just they they all report being this sudden sense of fear. I remember reading in uh, the uh, Skinwalker Ranch uh, books, uh, especially in the second one that just came out, uh, George Knapp and uh, Colin uh, 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 Colin Kelleher, I think is his name, Doctor Kelleher. Um, You know, they they all talk about just independently being overcome. There are like three or four of them working together, walking out in this field, and all of a sudden, independently, they didn't say anything at the time until later, they compared notes but just terrifying fear. And remember what Paul told Timothy, God has not given us a spirit of fear. So that can't be from God. Well, there's only one other option. If it's not from God, where's it from? You know?
1: Yeah. And, you know, we mentioned, mentioned the ancient alien guys, you know, they talk all about the gods of, you know, Sumeria, Egypt, where, you know, wherever it's from. And, you know, they have the, the, uh, the head of another animal or they look like this. Well, to me, First of all, they obviously had imaginations just like we do. So, of course, if you want to make up a god, you can just make up a god. They were just as imaginative as we were. But second of all, is it really far fetched to be that beings really did appear to them that kind of looked like that? Hmm. When angels appear, it's it's really not right. You know. Yeah.
0: So, I think the key is understanding all of this. Uh, through the realm of scripture and and being able to be um, uh, prepared for it. Let's do one more from your your list of uh, modern manifestations. Um, and this is something I touched on just briefly last Tuesday. Um, but talk about you know mental illness and the whole psychology
1: world. Um, so that goes into possession. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what's interesting to me is when I really got into this, uh, demonic possession is not mentioned before the Gospels. Mm-hmm. However, when you get to the Gospels, everybody seems to know what it is and is also able to recognize it because people show up to Jesus and they go, my daughter is demon possessed. Look at all these things that happen. Um, the, the one I've got here is Mark 9. And I'll just, you know, this is just kind of a laundry list of what a demon can do to a person. You know, this guy shows up to Jesus and says, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. Well, there's one thing, can't talk. Uh, Whenever it seizes him, well, that's some kind of bodily control. It throws him down. He foams at the mouth. Well, there's some kind of fluid, uh, you know, bodily thing going on there. Gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. And so you hear in the modern world about maybe floating or things like that. Boy, they sure seem to have some sort of control over a person's body. Uh, when Jesus starts doing something to that spirit, he throws him down and basically has a, 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 a it says he convulsed him. But uh, we, ca- we would call that some kind of attack. Um The word is escaping me for what that is. (laughs) I'm really sorry to listeners when you have some sort of attack like that. Um, But yeah, I mean, we're talking, this is a demon that has control over their body. Yeah, like an epileptic seizure type thing. Seizure, that's the word. Thank you. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is a seizure right there. Mm -hmm. Now, you've also got the guy with Legion Mm -hmm. who's hanging around tombs uh, and cutting himself so when we see these things, I mean, it's not a stretch that some mental problems are because of demons, not because of health. Absolutely. Right. And do you absolutely. Yeah. And
0: and and so uh maybe next time we can talk more about the psychology aspect of it because I believe that, you know, modern psychology, Freudian, Jungian, type psychology is simply playing right into the hand of Satan's humanistic, you know, wisdom and it's not it's it's almost like poking the bear. You know, it's not really going to solve these problems that are demonic in their origin. Um, But one question I have, do you differentiate between demonic possession and demonic influence or oppression?
1: Uh, I think there's definitely a difference because Paul talks about people in the church that were demonically influenced, uh, yet clearly weren't possessed because we have the Holy Spirit. Absolutely, um, and so I, I think there. I think demons can do a lot to believers. Yeah. Uh, look at look at Job. Now I know that was Old Testament; it wasn't the Church Age. I get that, but look at what de- what Satan was able to do to Job.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, did Paul said he delivered people their bodies over to Satan? Clearly yeah. indicating Satan has some sort of control of their physical health.
0: Yeah. And Paul said also that in the latter times, people will give heed to uh, doctrines of demons. So there's clearly in the mind, they're teaching them things that come directly from demons. They, that doesn't mean that they're possessing people. Mm-hmm. And as you said, they can't possess Christians. Uh, but um, one last thing I want to get your thought on, and I know we've kind of just not really necessarily followed the outline of your book, but I I just wanted to kind of tease our listeners with this the excellent uh, material that's in this book. We'll come back to it next time, but it's called Deceiving by Signs, a Study of Power Signs and Lying Wonders in the Bible. Lucas Doremus is the author, D-O-R-E-M-U-S. You can find it on Amazon. But I think as one example from the Gospels, and I don't know if you cover this in the book or not, that really highlights the seriousness of these evil spirits and the fact that this is not something to dabble in. This isn't child's play. It's This is not fun and games like Disney tries to make it would be the seven sons of Sceva. You know, these oh, uh, yeah. these these guys thought, oh, this is no problem. And they had the other Jewish exorcists that were mm-hmm. there, too. So we don't really know how many there were, but it was at least probably 10 to 1. And they got their rear ends kicked. I mean, they didn't even—they yep. were embarrassed and 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 just you know ran out of the house naked, if I recall.
1: Yeah, there's a so I was very careful in this book that there are so many things, especially if you read modern accounts of demon possession, there are so many details that the Bible really doesn't speak on. Um, and so I was careful about that kind of thing, but. It's clear through the legion, the guy who's possessed with legion and this guy, uh, people who are possessed become strong. Mm. And I think that has a lot of implications, um, of, of what's possible for people to be able to do if they're possessed, mm. oh, um, both, wow. both modern and in history, uh, you know, they're breaking chains. This guy's beaten the snot out of a whole bunch of people, mm-hmm. um, also, you know, as far as getting the demon out, they said, you know, we call you out by the Jesus whom Paul preaches, <laughs> you know, Jesus. Now we're not Jesus. He said, come out and that's it. Yeah, You know, but every other time we see people saying in the name of Jesus, come out. Although Jesus also said there's some that only come out by fasting and prayer, mm-hmm. which means it's not immediate. Mm-hmm. But then we see some of these modern exorcism manuals and techniques with holy water and crucifixes, and you don't see that anywhere any of that in the Bible. You see the name of Jesus and prayer and fasting. That's it.
0: Yeah, you know, that's a great point. Um, and, you know, and I guess I kind of knew it, but I've never really put it in, in so simple of terms. But demon possession, I mean, demon exorcism is not always an instantaneous mm-hmm. thing, the way the name and claim it crowd might, you know, do you just, oh, let's just sort of flippantly say the name and boom, it's done. Mm-hmm. There are times, as Jesus alluded to, fasting obviously takes time. Prayer, yep. it, it was, when it's coupled with fasting, is not an instantaneous thing. There are some demonic situations that they're going to take time, and uh but yet god is more powerful greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world and we can we can over uh, overcome this but yeah that's uh that's pretty interesting observation there
1: yeah there's a weird one too and i kind of wonder about this so you know the, this guy possessed by legion so it's in mark chapter five and jesus says first for he said to him come out of this man unclean spirit then he asked him what is your name so it, the text isn't totally clear. Did the demon come out of the man and then just kind of, I don't know, hover while Jesus had this conversation about going into the pigs? Or did he, you know, you're going to come out of him, what but before you do, what's your name? Again, it's not totally clear. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's, it's not often, it, it can be not immediate. And we need to understand that, not necessarily that we're doing anything wrong, but just Jesus told us it's not going to be immediate every time
0: yeah, and you know for for our listeners, uh if you go back to my prophecy night presentation on april twenty fifth, so what's that uh two couple of months ago now? Months ago. Um, it was part thirteen in that the time is now series. Uh, I get into. Uh, All of the manifestations of demon possession, uh, a lot of which you've talked about on our brief program this morning, where I just went through all of these passages, Mark 5, Mark 9, uh, and and Luke Luke and others, and just sort of made a, a laundry list here of the types of things that we see, such as convulsions and spasmodic contractions and unusual superhuman strength and seizures and those types of things. So I would encourage folks to go back and check that out for Uh, more detail. But before we wrap up today, um, you know, and and if you're willing, I'd love to have you back on again, because there's so much that is relevant to what's happening in our world today. But give us some encouragement from the Word of God, once again, uh, about how this is not something that we should fear, but yet it is a reality that highlights the spiritual battle that's happening.
1: Yeah. So what, and this is actually the conclusion of my book. So now people don't have to buy it because I'm giving you the conclusion, but uh, (laughs) you know, I mentioned at the beginning, you know, these are, these are cheap parlor tricks when compared to what God does uh, and what he's capable of. Uh, And I think of uh, it's Isaiah 64, but Paul kind of quotes it, paraphrases it in first Corinthians two. He said, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor I've entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. So no matter, even though we've got, you know, we've got 66 books of God's miracles and his power, we still can't even imagine what heaven's going to be like. Mm. Even though he gives us descriptions all over the Bible of what heaven is going to be like, we still can't conceive of that. Mm. And so when you think about his power compared to Satan's power, it's They're not even on the same level, not even close. And when God so clearly says in James, resist the devil and he will flee from you, that's a promise. Mm. Um, and And, you know, Peter says the same thing, resist the devil. He's a lion that's prowling around you. But stand fast in your faith and resist the devil.
0: Mm. Because, Amen. And you know what, what comes to my mind too is as you said at the outset, we tend to have this fascination with all of this stuff. Um, what does that say about our own spiritual understanding? Because God's power is so much greater than all of this, He can move mountains, there's no problem that that He can't solve. Uh, and yet we tend to cower in the face of daily stresses and anxieties and problems you know here i am this week dealing with a flooded basement and all the (laughs) chaos that comes with that and i'm wringing my hands i'm on the phone every day talking to contractors and 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 everybody i can think of to come deal with the portable storage units and and you know did i really stop to take a time to in a concerted way i mean we prayed for it as a family before dinner but to just say lord this is so much bigger you're so much bigger than all this you could handle this Mm -hmm. you know no i didn't that's a convicting reality but you know if this had been some ufo that landed in our backyard i would have been obsessed with that (laughs) for weeks and be talking about it and writing about it and podcasting about it so i just i guess what i'm saying lucas is you've really reminded us that we serve a powerful god these things are real this is a real spiritual battle that's going on real spiritual entities Mm -hmm. um God wins in the end. They're all going to be cast into the lake of the fire, a lake of fire with the antichrist and a false prophet. But let's never uh, underestimate the power of God. I mean, he—he's a big God. Let's let's let Him solve
1: our problems. Amen. Amen. And you know, part of the thing that the, the verse that Paul's preaching or, or quoting from Isaiah, right after that, Isaiah talks about how we've sinned. Now. Mm-hmm. That's the nation of Israel, but kind of like you just point, are we really any different? Mm -hmm. And then you kind of refer to back to James, resist the devil, and what does he say right after that? Draw near to God, and He'll draw near to you. Amen.
0: Yeah. Oh, so good, so good. But I wish we had more time. You're always a a blessing. I miss our time together, brother. I miss your family. We've still got an open. uh, open uh, door for you to come anytime you want if you ever make it to colorado you know you know where to find us
1: oh we will plan on it again don't uh, worry it will happen yeah.
0: now we moved since last time you were here we finally uh, settled down and have a, have a place with our ministry office and all of that but uh, anyway uh thanks for being with us today uh, let's uh connect offline we'll schedule another uh, time maybe for next week if your schedule permits but uh Uh, Again, we've been talking with Lucas Doremus, a friend and colleague, and uh, he's written several uh, books, uh, uh, a thoroughgoing biblicist. I want to say that uh, right up front. And as you heard today, just kind of bringing everything back to the scriptures. The name of the book is Deceiving by Signs, a study of power, signs, and lying wonders in the Bible. Lucas Doremus, thank you so much for being with us, Lucas. Um Praise God. Thanks. JP. Amen. You bet. So uh, for the rest of you, a great week ahead. Lots going on each day. Tomorrow night is Prophecy Night. Look forward to that. We're going to uh, continue to talk about how the stage is being set satanically. I see a theme developing this week, Lucas. You know, we're talking about some of these things. Uh, but anyway, that's tomorrow night, six o'clock mountain time. But until then... God bless you. If we can ever help with anything, please feel free to reach out. Getting a lot of requests uh, lately for our preparedness guide. I want to remind you that our 12-page preparedness guide is available on our homepage of our website. Just scroll through the highlight banner. It's uh, probably 10 or 12 deep, but just keep scrolling till you come to it. That you click that banner and you can download it as a PDF right there. But God bless you, everyone. We'll see you again uh, next next time.